This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip, the uh, convenient mail-order electric toothbrush with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get $10 off your first brush head refill. That's tryquip.com slash thumbs. It's well enunciated. Thanks, Jake. Uh-huh. I kind of backed into it because I was rushing it, and then I realized, and I sort of stumbled over it, and it turned into a very intently enunciated ad read. Mm. Yeah. Vernacular disease. <laughs> Vernacular disease. Vernacular disease. Yeah, I have no idea why I wrote that down. I mean, I, I do, because I think that <laughs> Wait, we suffer do? from it. <laughs> oh, I see. I think there was an email about, like, phrase language getting stuck or something like that. Mm. And and you realize that that is an example of it and a description of the phenomenon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, all, like, random thoughts for things to bring up on an episode, I just keep in DMs to myself, but it ends up being, like, a Twitter drafts folder where you sort of scroll right. through yeah, and say, oh, yeah. I know what this was intended to be, or I have no idea what it was intended to be. It's October 26th, 2017. And this is Important If True. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Mick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. I still have that theme song stuck in my head. It's just sort of trailing off right now. I, I bet. What theme song? Our theme song. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's echoing around you right now. Oh, yeah. It's sort yeah. of fading. It's reaching a crescendo. Yeah. Ish. I hear theme songs around me. Do you remember when Twitter was new and like the big thing about Twitter when it was new was that like Shaquille O'Neal was on Twitter? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's still probably the best thing about oh, Twitter. Uh, yeah, that was that's a- actually increasingly you know, that's, <laughs> that's like yeah. approaching yeah. only like, good thing about the sort uh-huh. of the story that sold Twitter for a while was like we were in a diner like just me and my three friends. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. I saw wow. and then we were talking about how cool Twitter was. Then I saw a tweet from Shaquille O'Neal that said I hear Twitterers around me, <laughs> and then it, there was like a Is picture. Is that how you thought of it? Yeah, <laughs> and then Weird. there was like a picture of Shaq yeah, hanging out some guys that. at a diner. It was like, wow, on Twitter you can meet Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Twitter's bad now, but, that, you know, <laughs> like, if that, like, any good thing, like, if that just compounds, uh, like, if that just compounds geometrically, basically, it will become terrible, apparently. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm around everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. If it were just Shaq, I mean, I guess that would be actually <laughs> that, if that the would be, of Twitter is just yeah. like, Shaq is always kind of a few <laughs> tables away from you. Yeah. Just, He's always, Shaq's always, she's always, just always, little, always kind of there. A little, little bit right around the corner. I mean, God, that really does. I mean, that is, that is truly why Shaq and not uh, Sinbad was the real genie. Shaq, <laughs> Shaq, in fact, was, I don't even remember what the real one was, Shazam or Kazam, which yeah. was the real movie that was remember. a real Kazam, one. yeah. Kazam, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was just, I mean, that was. Yeah. It was an ad for Twitter. Priming, yeah, that was <laughs> priming Shaq's role as internet genie. Always, oh, just always. Uh, a few the, you, can, the, you can insert he it. Was the mascot, of course, for the dial-up pre-internet service, genie. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Holy shit! God, internet dial-up services. Mm. It's pre-internet dial-up service, like exclusive network, like CompuServe, uh, Genie, Prodigy, like Prodigy. Sort of the ones before AOL became dominant, right? And then eventually added the internet. Yeah. Hmm. And then they all became the internet. And they all uh, only one of them had Shaq though, Genie. Mm-hmm. Man, if only Shaq had. Uh... Let's keep this going. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys want an email? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thorin writes, "Hey, thumbs. 
The reader question last week about unbreakable memories of parsley got me thinking about my own recurring thoughts and connections. Every single morning for the last 20 or so years, I've put in my contact lenses. Every time I do this, I think about the woman at my eye doctor's office who taught me how to put in contacts when I was a teen. She was very mean and got frustrated with me when I couldn't figure out how to do it, eventually (laughs) kicking us out of the building because it was the end of the day and she had something else to do. I then went home and continued poking myself in the eye trying to figure out how to do it. It turned out the contact lenses they gave me were the wrong size, so they kept falling out of my eyes. Anyway, I think about this dumb thing pretty much every morning. Do you have a stranger you think about often, perhaps tied to a positive or negative, mostly insignificant experience? Or, maybe worse, do you ever think about how you are that stranger to someone else popping into their brain at certain moments throughout the day? I mean, I think in response to this very question last week, Jake, you are definitely that guy to thousands of people now, thanks to that horrific fucking story that you, knife story? you told about yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah you're the stranger in my brain yeah I mean that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's I mean more often for me is yeah I'm I'm the stranger in my own brain this but this this experience is is terrible to read because it's actually now this email has become the torturer in my mind where for the last day uh, I've uh, I keep trying to think of these, but instead just this guy and his contact lens story like looms into <laughs> yeah. my brain and mm-hmm. overrides my attempts to remember all the other times that I've been shamed or praised or observed someone do something and then go, oh, that's how that works and I learn mean, from that guy. I mean, neither of you guys uses contact lenses, right? No. no. Have you ever even? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do and have for a long time and I can totally just relate to the, the panic and weird uh, kind of body horror thing you have to get over when you start using contacts, especially if you do when you're a child, because Mm. it is weird. You have to like poke something into your eye and then to get it out, you have to like squeeze it off of your eye. And it's really weird. It's one of those things that is sort of like driving a stick shift using a clutch where once you know how to do it, it's, it's a pretty rote experience. But when you don't know how to do it, it feels like you will never ever be able to learn because it's so counterintuitive and you make any tiny mistake and you f- fuck it up hugely yeah. uh, it, it grosses me out so much to think about that I have sort of refused to ever even consider getting yeah. contact lenses even yeah, though yeah. I would be happy if I had them yeah uh, that oh, actually reminds me vile. just on a to go off on a side note here if you're a contact lens user and you don't like taking out your contact lenses by literally grabbing it off of your eye which is how it's, it was always demonstrated to me and how I've always seen it done. There is an alternative method that I have learned in the last few years that I, I swear by now. Cry really hard every night. <laughs> <laughs> Go home and just cry for an hour. <laughs> Which is to pinch your sort of eyelids to sort of like tweeze the the contact lens out with your eyelids by kind of smushing them into the just edges. God, is that better? Is out? the image of that any yes, better? it is oh. better because you don't have to touch your goddamn eyeball. You don't have to touch your guess, eyeball with yeah. your fingers. It is definitely better. And it just sort of falls out and you have to sort of catch it in your palm. Um, I'll try to find, I'll try to link find a, a, a post on the internet because I learned about this from the internet well, and I'll try I ever, to link it if, in the If I ever get contact lenses you're now the person for me that'll <laughs> stick in my mind of you just going just pinch your eyelid <laughs> like I'll just think about that memory yeah. playing in sl- apparently in super slow motion grossly the other thing I thought about uh, of when I read this email when I saw when I imagined this kid in this nightmare scenario of a, the adult woman like screaming at him because he's an idiot and mm-hmm. he can't 
ply out his 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 uh, contact, uh, which which also is the wrong size, so it keeps like you know popping out, and he can't get it to stay in. Was a thing I saw this morning was a news article about a mirror that is designed <laughs> for people with serious illnesses, and the mirror is designed to lift the spirits of patients in hospitals or I guess at home, I don't know, uh, by only functioning as a mirror if you smile into it. So it's oh, just, it's yeah. just, it's just like, ah. yeah. This is the craziest, most fucked up shit. I can't even believe it's real, but it is. It's a mirror that when you look at it, if you have any expression on your face other than a smile, it's just kind of like frosted glass. You're just looking into a blank panel. But then once you smile and it like digitally recognizes, look at yourself smiling. It turns up and you can see yourself smiling. And the inventor said that the purpose of this. Is is because smiling and happiness improves the the mood and outlook of people with serious illnesses. And this, but like I have a feeling that what that is supposed to mean is that actual genuine happiness. Like I don't know if if like yeah. what we should take from that is like coercive. Oh no, forcible. It's like oh you're you're clocking into your job at Sunglasses Hut. Better fucking smile if you're gonna yeah. start your yeah, shift. Exactly. No, that's that's the, exactly. Yeah, that's it's the scary like part. Rocky Mountain oh, Chocolate just, Shop. Yeah. Better yeah. fucking smile. Right. But all I could think about was this guy <laughs> trying to put in his contacts and the only mirror available like, is the smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I love putting in my contact that it turns out is the wrong size. It doesn't fit. And the only way I can see it is because I have this fucking happiness mirror. <laughs> so thank you for teaching me how to do this. I'm really excited about it. I really can't wait I to finally get my contacts. I hate everything right now. I remembered one also. I remembered a thing that comes to mind every time I do it. Uh-huh. Every time I tie my shoes, uh-huh. I remember, or like about one out of every like four or five times that I every tie my shoes. Every time I tie my shoes is also iambic. And uh, so I was hoping Oh, that's that definitely my, that's my modern fiction hardcover book for sure that has a really nice like sort of brush scripty cover with the <laughs> ends in a little shoelace. <laughs> every time I tie my shoes is- A I, novel. Is, yeah, well, yeah, it's either, yes, it's either- <laughs> A children's book, self-explanatory. Yeah, Caldecott or, winner or yeah, modern fiction. Or it's a modern like literary fiction, or it's a like David Sedaris New Yorker style. Oh, I'm imagining that short yeah. fiction yeah. collection of yeah. quirky <laughs> yeah. stories. Uh, so. In either of the latter two, actually, maybe in all three of those, it's some sort of very elaborate hip brush script that ends in a shoelace. Yeah, um, that's definitely true. Or in a brush script that then sort of fades into a stock I, photo of a yeah. single shoe. Ironically, the the David Sedaris style New Yorker short fiction collection for adults is actually the title is typeset actually in a more childlike yes. and scrawled mm. style yeah. than the actual version for real children. There was a anyway. Yeah. I, what I remember is uh, having my like hiking boot laces untied or like uh, uh, my like the bow I tied on my hiking boots at scout camp came untied and an adult came by and went kids for some reason just learned how to tie their shoes backwards and he explained to me that if you sort of the little knot the starter knot whatever it's called the base before you tie the bow yeah when you just make a your first little yeah I can't together, remember yeah. what god this should be a good advice but I actually can't remember which way it actually works <laughs> but if you tie that like right over left and then cinch it before you tie the bow and then you tie the bow also right over left I believe that that's what causes the bow on your shoe to sort of turn 45 degrees oh, and yeah. unspool oh, itself yeah. all the time yeah. whereas if you do one way first then the other way right. it like ties a way straighter like pristine knot on your shoe huh. and it's 
when I the problem with this guy, I, I don't remember the actual advice. So the reason that I remember it is because I psych <laughs> myself out. All you remember is the ber- is the, like the passive is, berating, is being berated, from- and going, I know one of these two ways works better, yeah. and then I sort of eventually figure it out. But it's when I tie a knot and it starts looking flaky, and I'm like, why is my muscle memory wrong? But it's because this guy at scout camp like instilled insecurity about how to right. tie my shoes. Yeah. So I get it back, I like, psych myself out, yeah, and then yeah, remember yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and then I have to smile into a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you find? I, I guarantee someone has written about this on a blog. If you can find the official advice about this, oh yeah, I'll endorse I'll, it at I'll the end of the episode. Like, no, you won't. I'll just <laughs> put it in the. I'll just put it in the description we'll list see. of things discussed. <laughs> you can't <laughs> use that as your endorsement. You just already talked about it. Well. Okay, we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Now that we've talked about this stupid mirror that only turns on when you smile, we should yeah. read that email about the Hammaker Schlemmer oh, yeah. catalog. That's a good idea. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, yes. So, mirror that only works when you smile is an absolute fucking contender for inclusion in the catalog, mailer catalogs <laughs> Hammaker Schlemmer or the Sharper Image or Brookstone. Yeah. Yes. For, yeah. for people who oh, know God. what those are. So, anyway, I'll, we can explain, but I will read this email um, this is from Nico aka Apple Cider Witch who writes I've never heard of this company but my boyfriend swears it is a nationwide thing it is a gift catalog that spans the true breadth of price ranges my question for you valiant hosts is what would you most like to spend your hard earned dollars on if you had infinite money would it be the submersible submersible watercraft two million dollars from the Hammaker Schlemmer catalog. Maybe the fully functional Wild West town in Illinois. $7 million from the Hammaker Schlemmer catalog. Or your own personal robot. Uh, this is the Robbie the Robot, I think, from what? Lost in Space? Yeah. This and, is like a full and maybe replica. also Forbidden Planet? I can't remember. Oh, uh, you know what? I think it is Forbidden Planet. Uh, Anyway, $32,000. Well, that's a steal compared to that old West Town and that submersible vehicle or whatever. This shit is wild from Nico. Um, Yeah, I fucking loved this shit as a child. I loved it. My father, for some reason, got all three of these goddamn catalogs, which are all, I mean, I don't know if there's some subtle differences between Hammaker Schlemmer, The Sharper Image, and Brookstone. I think there is. I think that Sharper Image was more like... Technologically, it was more technological yeah. slash like it had sort of like the American psycho chic aesthetic to it. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. everything, everything in was that was like <laughs> glass and geometric yeah. a slight glass blue glow. With, like, with a laser and yeah, then the laser was, was a clock uh, yeah. or like a glass and laser. Well, like, they had, sto- they had for your stores dog. as well. Like, they did have stores. Actually, yeah. all three of these have stores. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. I think that the common ground is that all of them, like at their base, have like. The cat litter box that changes itself and a conveyor right. belt to walk your dog and yeah. like a yeah. step for your cat to get on your bed. Like SkyMall yeah. shit, like base yeah, level yeah, yeah. SkyMall is, yeah. is sort of inside. I think they've all done deals with SkyMall yeah, too. But then, and then they all sort mm-hmm. of evolve into like Brookstone I always picture as like... A lot more hardwood and or like yeah. faux finished wood. Right, it's like are you... <laughs> Particle it, board sort of with which, wood finish. Which 80s are you? And it's sort yeah. of like uh, Hammaker Slimmer yeah. is like... You come from old money, but you're a rich idiot kid. Yeah, like you're rich, p- it's totally the rich, big rich. adventure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rich just rich. it's just if you had a million dollars and you were a like, kid, yeah. what and would then, you think? Yeah, cool. Brookstone is like brass and and leather and hardwood. Yeah. sort of like you're like a Michael Douglas. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then sharper image is definitely you're an American psycho. Like you're like <laughs> yeah. your house is pristine white. You look like a yeah. Kubrick house, and you murder people. But mm-hmm. all of them. Um, are where you you do your cocaine 
right in the 1980s for sure i mean they're all well they're all definitely four people who fantasize about someone who'd be doing your cocaine in a new york penthouse or something i mean they're all like because the funny thing about all of these catalogs is they all have incredibly expensive shit but they also have a ton of cheap plastic garbage oh yeah that guaranteed is what anyone actually ever buys yeah they, they they present the stupidest aspirational lifestyles possible, or the yeah. best. I mean, if you, yeah. if you I mean, live a top tier life, if you yeah. just scrape off <laughs> the cream from the top of all of these catalogs, yeah. I, I guess you actually would just be Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, but, like, but think about what a life. It's either you are murdering somebody in that penthouse, or that penthouse is completely empty of furniture and just has this shit in it, and you're a kid. Like, yeah. it's either it just, big or or you're or you're or like, you're a murderer. Or yeah. <laughs> Big or murderer, our classic <laughs> recurring segment. <laughs> I searched for some more ridiculous shit from these. I'm mainly Hammock or Slummer, but also some from Sharper Image and Brookstone. There's some pretty good ones uh, because there's like obviously the ones that were listed by Nico, which are all pretty expensive. I mean, even thirty-two thousand dollars is a lot of money yes. for a mail order catalog yes. or like anything. Like uh, salary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, there's some There's some a lot more of I smiled stuff. into this mirror every fucking day for a year <laughs> and then I spent it all on this robot replica and I am now rich. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> man. So the, the, the mirror, so the mirror, the thing about that is that I smiled, I smiled into a mirror at my job for three months so that I could buy this smiling mirror at home <laughs> no. to inspire oh. me to smile into the mirror for another year at my job where my $32,000 uh, pay, paid for this robot that I now have in my house <laughs> so I can feel like I'm a successful American. The thing that just occurred to me that you, based on what you just said about the smiling mirror is that obviously what it secretly is also is a hidden camera inside of it because it's a camera obviously yes. that is using facial recognition. Yes. So the crazy fucking thing about that, one, like is it sending your face data to a global database to get better at detecting oh, smiles? You might just have and, it. And two is can you install apps on it? Oh, like, is it going to so do a one second every day? I know, that's what I just... you only smile? That's what I just thought of. Like, when you're smiling. Well, the, one of those stupid internet videos with like, the poignant piano song. Like, <laughs> but you just watch like 15 years of yourself forcing your fucking you know, more, self to more smile. more tortured smile. Just like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Meanwhile, just, in the background uh, behind you, all of your weird hammock or schlemmer shit is piling <laughs> up. It's just like all collecting dust and like your wallpaper just molds away. It's just, yeah, as you're Life just becomes a hammock or schlimmer hoarder house behind you <laughs> as you're just smiling every day in that mirror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Blade Runner three. Well, things that <laughs> things that could fill things that could fill your uh, your, your your house of happiness, weird hell home of <laughs> smiles include uh, a thing that Jake, I think you just alluded to, which is the canine treadmill, which is <laughs> I a, knew I didn't uh, look that up again. I just knew they had wait, one. Really? Yeah, of course they have it one. Is a, it is literally a treadmill for dogs, and the picture is just a dog on a little plastic treadmill. Inexplicably. I don't understand how or why this is possible. Prices range from $549 to $899. Hmm. Sizes? I, For I larger mean, dogs? Even the smallest one costs like... and it's just a little plastic blue treadmill for a dog. Anyway, that is paired with, if you you want something useless for your dog, but you only have $29.95 to spend, you can buy the Escape Preventing Dog Harness. This is literally a rod, like basically a stick attached to a collar that you put on your dog so that your dog cannot walk through the bar's 
of a gate. Oh god! <laughs> it's like what a dog does to itself. When it really like finds a stick it's, it likes god and tries sorry. to walk inside. Have you seen that GIF of um of the Terminator of the scene from Terminator Two? Oh, where he's trying to go through the, the yeah, the, where they're trying to go the, through the, bar, the where bars, they're trying the, to go through the bars, yeah. but then it just cuts to a tiny little pomeranian like whoop, leaping through a fence <laughs> instead of the T one thousand seeping yeah, yeah. through it. That's yeah. how you stop it. Yes, exactly. Um, next up, we have the killer whale submarine. This is a fucking submarine that just looks like an orca. It's the craziest, weirdest shit. What? It's just a huge killer wow. whale, but you're inside of it driving around. You can basically, you could become a Bond villain. God, yeah, make your easily. own Austin Powers or Ace Ventura yes, sequel with exactly, this stupid yeah. toy. This, The price on this thing is uh, $90,000. Not actually as much as I would have expected. Hmm, you'll a, die in there. It's a lot cheaper than... <laughs> yeah. It's a lot cheaper than a real submersible <laughs> you could go inside. A, <laughs> uh, do not use. It's a lot cheaper than an equally complex coffin. A uh, burial at sea with the uh, some killer whale submarine. Uh, a lot cheaper than the than the three hundred and fifty thousand dollar animatronic Triceratops, which I must note has been sold and is no oh, longer wow. available. Well, they yeah. had one. They had one. A lot of these. There's I feel just like one there's only them. one of them. There's only one of that like yeah. old west town for seven million. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. This th- this one is one that like this really speaks to why as a child I was obsessed with these goddamn catalogs and when I really really wanted one is because of shit like this the children's night vision camcorder oh, oh man. it's just a yeah. Jurassic Park yeah yeah was ninety nine ninety five marked down to forty nine ninety five yeah yeah. Uh, Do you think that we could? I mean, some of these must just be a thing that someone made that was wild enough that a Hammaker Schlemmer buyer. Like uh, for their company decided that it was worth putting a listing in and they're going to get a commission. Do you think we could try to sell them or Sharper Image or Brookstone on appearance on podcast? Oh, shit. Mm, yeah. $30,000. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, $15,000. It'll yeah. be a steal compared to some other things. Like, sure. Mm. Well, actually, you just, you know, $30,000 marked down to fifty. No, I guess that's bad because then it just looks like you're not. Yeah, like you're, you're desperate. You're, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you want no. listed yeah. for a good price. Yeah. You want them to be desperate. To be on this podcast, yeah. yeah, show this opulent room, yeah. In the in the spirit of uh, big, you can actually just buy a Zoltar, uh, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> like one of the fortune, yeah, tellers. one of the fortune telling like animatronic guys for like nine thousand dollars. So okay, oh, there that's you not go. bad. I actually, you know, what's funny about that is we had um, family friends when I was a kid in San Francisco who actually still live here, and they had one of those oh, man. in their weird basement. It's like they live on a hill and, you know, San Francisco is very hilly. Mm-hmm. So, like, some houses have things that are kind of like basements, except that they're also ground level on right. half of it. Because yeah. of, the, because of the hill. Bu- yeah. And they yeah. just theirs was just a weird basement room with all kinds of weird shit in mm. it. And I'm pretty sure they were, especially the dad of that family, I highly suspect, is the kind of person who, like my dad, really liked having these car- these all this shit, mm-hmm. but unlike my dad, had the means to buy the Zoltar, you know, like <laughs> right. when he felt like it. Um, like it's it's weird. You can either buy the Zoltar or you can't. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's be, let's be real. There are two kinds of people, of people yeah. those who can and, and those, I, yeah. w- Looking at all this shit now, like if you just search for the word golf, on any of these websites, mm. you will find a panoply of results. Yeah, like the 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 overlap between oh yeah between paunchy white golf mm-hmm. guy and subscriber to Hammaker Schlemmer catalog, I believe to probably based on nothing but that my Venn own diagram suspect, is a circle. It's of high or yeah. at least. 
It's uh, a bulgy ha- People circle. who have received one of these three catalogs in yeah, their life. Yeah. Circle. yeah. There yeah, are so many true. golf carts. There are yes, the Gotham yes, golf cart. Yes, I saw that one too. Is yeah, amazing. It a Batmobile it, golf it's cart. Just, it, looks, it looks like the Christopher Nolan Batmobile. Can uh, you fucking imagine which driving just, that thing around? That was what put me on a sort of like realization <laughs> about golf what, guys. Uh, well, about what these are for. Um, like my dad wasn't wasn't and isn't really he, uh, a golf guy, but like. He definitely slots into, I think, the core market for these mm-hmm. things, which is like you self-conceptualize as like a really successful, ambitious yeah. person, and like you could own any of these things if just the right things got to happen mm-hmm. in your life. But then you're you're buying the stainless steel self-standing staircase jacuzzi yeah. that goes into your house from Hammer Summer, right. yeah. another thing that I found in there. This was, I think crystallized by the inflatable water park $7,999.99 which is a massive like zigger floating ziggurat basically like a huge inflatable slide that oh wow what do you build you put it in your lake oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like too okay. big to fit in a backyard pool it's huge yeah. you have to basically have access to a like private water feature in order to to use this thing mm-hmm. and the the image is really notable because it's it's basically it's like a big pyramid like i say with a slide coming off of it and stairs on the side and it's just a big pyramid that floats around <laughs> in the water and you slide down the slide and at, in the picture at the top of this there's like an old pale white guy just up there sort of surveying he's got his arms like up on the thing oh, and he's right, kind he's of the looking captain. around yeah he's basically captaining this thing and then there's like a three... child handing him ten dollars to use the slide <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no 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 definitely not that it is I mean that's another version of this but that's yeah. not the aspiration the aspiration is what is in the photo mm. which is three young attractive women oh, in man. bikinis yeah. like with their arms up in the air they're sliding down the slide and then three uh, like young ripped tan dudes in swim trunks like climbing up the other side and then this fucking like shitty Hefner on top surveying his his domain mm-hmm. and that is the fantasy that these character that these slides right. show you is being this sort of like uh, benefactor, you know, this sort of yeah. patron. I like, you said uh, this is the fantasy that these slides show you as if that's... <laughs> <laughs> Ban these slides. I'm sure you meant yeah. these catalogs, but, but I like the, that it was yeah, now a very yeah. pointed campaign yeah. against inflatable yeah. lake slides yeah. and the aspirational yeah. traps that they yeah. create for, for the America's uh, for like, economically depressed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but the, like the reality is, you, this is your fantasy. But the reality is, you turn the page and you deject, dejectedly order the golf club drink dispenser so that you can pathetically impress your golf buddies by sneaking wine onto the golf course. Yeah. That's that's. That's the oh, yeah. true path <laughs> mm-hmm. of the Hammaker yeah. Schlemmer, so, Brookstone, Sharper Image Industrial Complex. Hammaker Schlemmer proudly uh, blasts on the top of all of their catalogs and their website. They've been around for 169 years. Yeah, I read the history of the Hammaker Schlemmer Corporation. Okay, because I, I wondered, Hammaker I wondered, Schlemmer. like, did they start off as sort Hammaker of just Schlemmer. like an average or maybe legitimately classy sort of department store catalog? Because, like, no. you know, you think of like the Sears Roebuck catalog. Of like, sure, sure, that's just like America's general yeah, mail yeah, order yeah, catalog. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, did they did they start off at the high end or the low end? I think that they've always been novelty garbage vendors because I Wait, looked really? I looked at a bunch of well at least in the 20th century. Okay, because maybe maybe the, their first uh, you know 50 years. But I looked up some Hammaker Schlemmer pages. Like uh, I found one 
from the mid fifties. Uh huh. Oh shit! And you can uh, smart for home or office matching silver desk dispensers. You'll like a pair for yourself, and what wonderful gifts! Both stamp box and Scotch tape dispenser have gleaming, non tarnished silver finish. <laughs> They're classic little silver cylinders you can put on your desk yeah. to mm-hmm. just pull stamps and tape, which have oh holders. my god, yeah. and also a telephone stand. Why clutter up a desk table with this when you can have this smart <laughs> stand that'll hold a phone at elbow height? So the silver stamp dispensers. Wow. Yeah. Are Five dollars each, but that's five dollars in nineteen, like mid fifties. Yeah, right. Which uh, means that little silver stamp dispenser, fifty dollars in twenty seventeen. Holy money. shit! Uh, I looked. I found one from the nineteen twenties. Uh, that sells giant matches. <laughs> uh, so, they, so they have oh, the no. they have the like aspirational executive suite yeah. phone stand, but they also still have this fucking yeah. Oh no! Suite. In the 1920s, the page that the ad this is like sort of fire starting things. And there's imported lighter from France comes this unique lighter for table or desk, and it's a very nice looking lighter. And then next to it is the thing you actually buy: giant matches. When you see these 12 inch matches in a giant size box <laughs> mounted on a giant size and enamel tray you'll surely want them for your hearth as shown in leather case nine dollars without leather case 850 matches only without stand 350 uh that's uh from the the, the uh, it's cited as n- from 1920s uh when this one and, and the aesthetic looks at that also 1920s uh if you take that I think it's the uh, 850 adjusted for inflation, 125 dollars for giant matches with enamel case and that leather totally wrap. That tracks. That completely yeah. Yeah. tracks. So oh, yeah. they're coming up on the 100th is... anniversary of giant matches for 125 dollars. <laughs> so uh, let's just man. So yeah. Jake, you'll be interested to know that the actual oh, history. That the history is it the actual history or the one they profess for themselves on their website? No, well, this is from Wikipedia. Okay. It seems pretty a trusted source. I mean, well, it it's. It seems it's pretty, more so than the history they would tell themselves because I tried to read their own and it was just and like yeah. they're very good I'm, at everything. I'm not surprised that that their history is merc is like that their official history is yeah. less revealing because the true history there's nothing scandalous about it. But I do think it actually, if you think about it, it sort of does speak to something true about Hammaker Schlemmer. So Hammaker Schlemmer ha- was founded in 1848 as uh, a hardware store in New York City. One of the the thing about Hammaker Schlemmer, if you go all the way back through its history, it is essentially a series of owners, all of whom were like clearly obsessed with changing the name of the company to what their name was. So it was original to, originally Tolner Stern. Anyway, this guy like this guy Hammaker uh, buys out Stern. Then they're Tolner and Hammaker. Okay. There are then Hammaker and Tolner. This guy Schlemmer then in the 1860s buys out Tolner's stake. Um, this other guy Tox comes in. Too many people. Now it's just Hammaker and Company, mm-hmm. even though Schlemmer is involved. Yeah, I, uh, found, I found a Hammaker and Company catalog, and, and that was still early enough that it was a lot of like drill bits and gears and stuff. Yeah. Not a lot of giant match. Yeah, match definitely still and a hardware cases. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, eventually. Uh, Tax resigns. Schlemmer, who has been working there since he was like a teenager, he was been working there since he was twelve, became an Smiling owner. Smiling every morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it became Hammaker, Hammaker Schlemmer. And I, I feel like the 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 evolution of the various names of Hammaker Schlemmer really speaks to a very particular like 
business guy aspirational mm, kind of mm-hmm. like my name is going to be one on one day the you store. could have your name on the store yeah exactly there's something about that like the shifting sands of the Hamaker Schlemmer naming scheme yeah. that I think does speak across the centuries to the target audience of Hamaker Schlemmer they should just sell that Name re- rename oh our God. rename our cover one one time only twenty million dollars yeah yeah be the new Schlemmer yeah <laughs> God that would actually happen if they were yeah. like in dire straits yeah like you mm-hmm. know do you guys are you guys aware you guys know the Jay Peterman catalog yeah. which is basically the Hammocker Schlemmer of clothes mm-hmm. uh, Jay Peterman is the mail order catalog that markets. Um, Markets clothing and other sort of related accessory items by pitching them and by extension you, the pa- the, the patron of um, Jay Peterman, as a seasoned kind of adventurer mm-hmm. and world traveler who might, you know, within the course of a fortnight, find yourself in Rome and then Morocco. In some, like a and, bazaar or something. Yeah, and like run across this particular ex- like antiquity. Or yeah, what, yeah, and the character Jay Peterman is sort of like, who, you know, is portrayed, is, the founder of the company is sort of portrayed as the ultimate that yeah. guy. The sort of, I always, you know, you, who was then immortalized fictionally on Seinfeld as this sort of silver fox mm-hmm. um, kind of character who speaks in the uh, sort of aphoristic mode represented in his character descriptions. And the reason I, that it occurred to me just now when we thought of the, like, Be the New Schlemmer campaign oh, is because man. in the yeah. late 90s, the J. Peterman catalog, the actual real catalog, was on the verge of, I think, bank, I think it actually did declare bankruptcy. I think so. And uh, But the guy who plays the fictional Jay Peterman on Seinfeld became like invested in Jay Peterman. Yes. And now owns Jay Peterman along with the real Jay Peterman. Oh, that's incredible. And why didn't I know that? And that's amazing. Oh man. Oh, it's very good. So the fictional Jay Peterman busted out of Mm -hmm. like the war, the universe of Seinfeld (laughs) into the real world of the Jay Peterman catalog. And the That's like if one of the like one of the fifteen Colonel Sanders TV actors who have been like who <laughs> yes. have played Colonel Sanders since the real Colonel yes. Sanders died became the CEO Then they're like, you know, I've legally of, yeah. changed my name to Colonel Sanders and I own a controlling stake in Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. But I'm like a the shitty like new cool Colonel Sanders. Right. Yeah. Right. I moved last year, and I, I therefore I don't I no longer get the J. Peterman catalog. I need to. But some other it. lucky San Franciscan gets it. Yeah, yeah. It is really worth subscribing to the J. Peterman catalog because the voice. I mean, they they, they clearly yeah. hire their copy editors, and then aggressively police the house style of kind of wistful jet jet setting adventure, charmed sort of jet setting adventure, and it is really worth subscribing to the free J. Peterman catalog which i i think is seasonal i think it's every, comes out every every three months uh because it is a consistently entertaining read it's very good so yeah. there's a world for sure when hammaker schlemmer has the re like buy into hammaker schlemmer by casting two actors as hammaker and schlemmer yeah in fact i'm kind of surprised that hasn't been they don't need to campaign. that kind of that yeah. might burst the bubble it'd be it would be yeah. more likely that it would be in the style of like the jameson whiskey ads or something where they tell mm-hmm. the story of hammaker schlemmer mm-hmm. with historic right. footage that is bullshit right. um yeah that that is that is to definitely build, to build a sort of you know most interesting man in the world style legend yes. around yeah. these historic yeah. characters who had pool slides and smiling mirrors and all this other trash yeah God, that's such a modern 
thing. But then you can step in and be the third one of them for $20 million right. or 500,000 Pepsi points. That would actually be part of the campaign, right? Is they would yeah. be like, it would be fictionally that they need a third well, partner. We talk about and, the names that have, they've gone through and how it's yeah, time for a new one. Exactly. And right. it's you. Yeah. Oh, gross. And you can get that Harrier jet with 500,000 Pepsi points. I hate that I can see this, the entire shape of this ad campaign. Oh, and all of it's like I can multi like fully media yeah, sort of transmedia well garbage. because it, it wouldn't be like the most interesting it wouldn't be Jay Peterman it wouldn't be like an older person it would be like a young millennial YouTuber who's just driving around in his fucking oh, golf cart just be, flipping shit and like I think it would be oh. too I think it would be two kind of dignified guys in three piece suits who need the young guy to come in maybe yeah I, like in the stuff you know how like now um what is the... Uh, who's Yours is too honest, Nick. The modern Hammaker and Schlemmer. That's like mm. Hammaker... I mean, that's the version of it where the like Hammaker and, and Schlemmer the fourth... Uh, are fucking up right. the company because they're shitty millennials who just have all these <laughs> toys and you need to restore dignity as you a sad like sort of uh, aspiring up, uh, aspiring go. to middle class mm. rust belt dad. It depends whether what they're trying to do is adjust their target audience to skew younger than it currently does or, or triple down on, lean, on lean in yeah. into the dads to yeah aspirational dads yeah into yeah, yeah. aging dads yeah yeah I don't know huh one of two ways yeah it's e- you either have uh, like Roger Sterling or PewDiePie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Or their Hamburger and Schlemmer. That's the other option, which is the Mac and PC, and you just want to kill yourself. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Man. I already want to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that fucking mirror. It's break I need time. To, I, need to, I need to get pulled back from the brink, you guys. Smile, Chris. Look happy. Be happy. Be happy. Let's take a break. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Mmm. Yeah. Quip makes very compact, convenient electric toothbrushes that you get, you order them on the internet and they come to your house or your apartment or whatever. And then you brush your teeth with them. Yeah, send them wherever. I mean, you could send them, I guess you could send them to your office, your work. Yeah. You could send them to a friend's house. You could surprise a friend with the magic <laughs> of dental hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very nice and like simple and straightforward electric toothbrush that just does the thing you need, which is brush your teeth. Uh, they're, they are affordably priced, and every three months, they send a new brush head refill to your house. Are they affordably priced? Or pr- your place of work, or your friend's house. Right, yeah. The, the, it being an affordably priced uh, toothbrush that then also includes a subscription plan to keep things up, you really could use this as a true passive-aggressive but affordable <laughs> gift to a friend that has bad oral hygiene. It's like those 80s uh, breath mint ads where like the person starts talking right. and then their friend extends, like, crashes yeah. down into the floor and then holds up <laughs> a, a thing of breath mints. It's like, you, you need these. Yeah. So just, you know, you could do that, but like... Less, you don't have to have to do. You can it. do you it. You can just anonymously. You, t- you like as in the mod- in our modern sort of millennial generation, uh, yeah. the internet-based passive aggressive method is preferred to the method that involves human right contact just, or just confrontation. Ship them a toothbrush and also put them on a subscription plan. It, like that part. Yeah, and don't like, ever tell them that it was you. Yeah, yeah. But and, like compliment their teeth a lot. Right. Yeah. Make a point to be like, wow, looks like you looks like you had a really good brushing wow. regimen now. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so that is triquip.com slash thumbs, and you can get $10 off the first brush head refill that is passive-aggressively sent to your friend or frenemy. Or enemy. Or enemy, for that matter. Triquip.com slash thumbs. You, we aren't that different, you and I. We both have impeccable dental hygiene. <laughs> 
Other than that, you're an asshole. Just <laughs> fuck you. I mean, we're pretty different. Yeah. But <laughs> Other than that, just, that one thing. That one thing, though. <laughs> All right. Are we back? Yeah. All right. I Why think we're not? back. Why not? Um, we got several. So last week, we talked about uh, this incredibly <laughs> pointless and stupid concept of somehow ending up with a 17 and a half hour delayed ghost version of yourself that just acts can, out yeah. your life in parallel but 17 and a half hours yeah they ago. have no agency over the world it's almost like a sort of holographic recording of yourself on a 17 and a half hour tape delay that you can observe right. and then sort of maybe degraded uh yeah. previous 17 and a half hour loops yeah and we asked for um because it is something that is only viewing what you've already done in the past, it's not incredibly clear how you could profit this or leverage uh, profit from this or leverage it to your to your clear gain. Um, so we we asked for people to to solve this for us, and we got several responses that span a pretty good array of of, of ways to answer that. So here are a few. Rory writes. Hi, Thumbs. I have two possible and somewhat convoluted ways to profit from your past ghost. Good. One, fishing contests. If you timed it right and had the right equipment, you could plant a prize-winning specimen you acquired from somewhere at the bottom of a lake in a time-release trap. At the appropriate time, you could follow your ghostly past self to the correct spot and have your net or pole in the right position to optimize your chance of taking home first place. You could probably also do this with a GPS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true of probably a lot of these, but we'll really but, Well, no, but I think you have to assume that, like, that's off limits for the contest. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Just put yourself in contest so the ghost where technology would help more is not allowed. Than, yeah. Uh, two, treasure finding grift. You claim to invent an amazingly... Wait, isn't this the same thing, but the fish <laughs> is a treasure now? <laughs> yeah. You claim to invent an amazingly sensitive dollar bill finding metal detector that can actually detect the metallic ink used in dollar bills. Bury a few $20 <laughs> bills at the beach and amaze onlookers as you follow your ghost from spot to spot finding dollar bills. You make this unverifiable claim metal, about science. Sell the metal detector with a high markup to one of the onlookers and immediately leave town. I think the theme here is that you could be very good at hiding things in large homogenous landscapes for 17-hour intervals without the aid of a GPS. Yeah. This particular aspect of the power would have been much more impressive about 40 years ago. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the, true. The Music Man 2 <laughs> is this very elaborate high-concept experience. God, I also, I love that the reality of this to you, I mean, to someone else it looks like you're kind of just wandering around. It's you just going, of, but it's you. And then pointing <laughs> at you. the ground and I giving yourself like, a thumbs up. Follow yourself, <laughs> yep. like, pointing and gesticulating and over here. Hey! God damn it! That's I where I put five dollars. And then you better be able to sell this metal detector fast because I we had to take forty dollars out of the bank to bury it in the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Evan writes, you could beat the. I really like this one. This is really clever. You could beat the Guinness Book of World Records entry for the deepest recitation of pi. Actually, you couldn't even do that because the current record took sixteen and a half hours to recite. You could totally cheat at a pie day party, though. I'll but you could have hoisted, Evan. If, yeah, I don't understand why that you couldn't do it. That's 17 hours is more than 16 and a half hours. Just start doing yeah. it. Also, guaranteed, you could do it fucking faster than the real person who did it because you could be reading it off the a computer. Oh, I don't know. Pretty fast. It would be really hard because yourself would be going to 3.141. Oh, that's true. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, no. You're like, let's try it right now. Jake, start going. Just say any numbers. Man, I used to know a lot of pie. Doesn't matter. Say anything. I just want to see if I can follow you. 
Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven. I get confused. Yeah, no, that's I can't. It's impossible. Shit. Well, goddamn it. This one, this one's right out. You'd have to get really. Okay, you know. um, You just have to practice it a lot. You just win this. This would be uh, you'd learn a lesson along the way, which is way too many digits of pi. Here's a here's a question actually. Does your this is a common issue that comes up in sort of science fiction, time travel, and and teleportation scenarios. Are you? Does your ghost? Carry Sorry, I read those as a comma delineated list yeah. in science fiction, time travel, and <laughs> teleportation, implying right. that the previous, the final two are real. Or, yeah, right. Uh, but here's the question: Does your ghost? If you're, because here's how you would do it: cue cards. But does your ghost self include the cue cards? Is that included in the ghost? I think. Self? I think we have to take sort of like PG fictional conceit rules, and your clothes come with you, and I nothing was just, else. But I was just going to say because right because if you don't have your cue cards, maybe you don't have clothes. Maybe it's just a naked ghost yeah. of yourself. Oh, no. You just have to get really, really comfortable with how you look naked. And well, you know can t- you can t- that there's a naked past version of you right. on the beach surrounded by like other people. I mean, okay, you would have to just get a crazy tattoo that's just pie. But does that come along? All- that that the tattoo oh my God, would. The tattoo, yeah, you could just slowly rotate. Yeah. in place <laughs> as as you spiral as your spiral pie tattoo. You could just you could just you could perform yeah. this as a traveling roadshow. You or just have to always be there both at least seventeen hours in advance. <laughs> You're right. Rotating has to be naked that you need pie, a Or alternatively, you'd get that tattoo, and then 17 and a half hours later, you go back to the tattoo parlor and watch yourself just act like they're in a light amount of pain and no marks are being left on their body. And you're like, fuck, fuck, the tattoos don't come across. Fuck. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Because they're ink. They're uh, not. Yeah, it's they're, not. Yeah. yeah. Not. You just watch yourself oh, get a no. tattoo and then get up and be like, ha, 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 nailed it. And you're like, no, my ghost doesn't have the tattoo. You know what's and you're up, I'm going to win this pie recitation uh, world record at any cost. Then just some super smart seven year old still wins. Yeah. Ugh. And, All right, yeah, well, then some genius idiot does it 18 hours. And you're like, well, fuck, my stupid curse only yeah. lasts 17 and a half hours, and, but I have pie tattooed into myself, which is also on my regular body. Oh, that's true. Oh, gross. Yeah, so you're like, yeah. I'm oh, going to yeah, recite no, pie from memory. And then they're like, dude, I can see that you have just numbers <laughs> on all exposed skin. Get out. Oof. You're like, no, no, it's because I was reciting it off of my hologram shadow. Anton ha- throws a real wrench into the works here. Uh, He writes, it's possible that we all have time-delayed echoes, we're just not aware of them, as your scenario makes the classic mistake of time travel and is terribly geocentric. Not only is the Earth spinning, but it's orbiting the Sun, which is in turn progressing around the Milky Way, which is accelerating away from the center of the universe. If we are leaving these echoes, they're following the Earth's unique path through the infinite universe, and given the vast expanse, the chances that they'll ever be encountered by anything able to recognize... Their significance is low. Our doubles, however infinite they are, are just repeating our actions into the void. Hmm. I've thought about this also when it comes to time travel. Like, I'd always thought it would be really funny to make an edit of Back to the Future where he gets in the car and time travels to the exact location that he's in in 1955 and it's just right. a vacuum of space because space. of like yeah. orbits yeah. and yeah, yeah, universal yeah, yeah, expansion yeah. like mm-hmm. you yeah. just you're like okay I'm in the exact literal sort of like XYZ coordinates of yeah. existence yeah. I died I think it really <laughs> depends whether this scenario is a science fiction scenario or a sort of or like gothic real. paranormal <laughs> scenario <laughs> because in the latter I feel like it's not it's less of a recording and more of a curse where your ghost is doomed to right, wander the and earth. And it's more like it's just like a projection inter- interior to you like it's ambiguous as to whether or not it's real or if it's sort of a, yeah. like a supernatural or spiritual creation. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, if we are just leaving echoes behind us uh, every 17 and a half hours, 
yeah, they are just like blinking away as mm-hmm. as we hurtle around. God, that uh, sucks this, for this ghosts, for real ghosts, if that's how it works. Because <laughs> if they're doomed to like wander the universe until their unfinished business is completed, and they're like, "Fucking Christ, I'm never getting back there." Shit. <laughs> right. If you gravity be... doesn't apply to them, and they just yeah. watch Earth just go boom, and just yeah. leave, like shit. Yep. Well, fuck. Yep. I mean, that's implying that like ghosts have like a top speed or something. Like they can't <laughs> just like follow it. <laughs> they're ghosts. They only well, they're move really, like three miles an hour. Ghosts are really tired all the time because they have to expend uh, all their energy, okay. yeah. like keeping up. With the, smiling. Yeah, they're not affected by gravity, so they have to just like run smiling. at like millions of miles per hour in order to just yeah. to keep <laughs> they're all they're fitted with a head mounted smile yeah. mirrors. Um, it turns out that Amazon is powered by ghosts. <laughs> the cloud is actually ghosts. Oh uh, yeah. Aaron writes uh. Hey Thumbs, the seventeen and a half ghost phenomenon I like that. Yeah. Way to characterize it. It implies a very different phenomenon. The 17 and a half ghost phenomenon could be exploited to make some money, but it might be tough. Using Nick's basic principle of cheating on tests, you could begin by placing small bets that you can perfectly remember random sequences of numbers far beyond even exceptional human capacity. So this is obviously very similar to yeah. Evan's email, but he, uh, Aaron go, goes in kind of a different direction with it. Your caveats would be that you get to choose the time the recall begins and have access to the numbers and location of the test for a day before the test. Mm. During that time, simply wait in the space and read the numbers aloud clearly. When the actual test for the bet begins, simply repeat what your ghost is saying. You could memorize thousands of numbers that way. Make it clear to all involved that paranormal phenomena aid you in this. Gain a degree of of notoriety and hopefully money by repeating the bet numerous times in as public a manner possible. Once you've established yourself as having this power, contact the James Randi Educational Foundation, which continues to host Randi's Million Dollar Challenge, but only for established psychics. The challenge awards $1 million to any psychic that can pass its test ruling out mundane phenomena. No one has ever won the prize. Having caught the eye of the foundation, explain very carefully the limits and details of the time ghost. Let them design any test they like around it, then pass it easily. Because in this story, it is a real phenomenon. Boom. You have a million bucks and fame enough to launch a career doing the talk show circuit. That is until the Air Force spirits you away in the middle of the night to dissect you so they can harness your power for time jets. That is only one-seventh of an old west town. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. There, there are some problems with that. I mean, first of all, <laughs> well, what, what is? Yeah, there's a big no, single overriding well, problem with it. No. Anyway, what's your? Well, no, concern? I just you know, practically speaking, if you're going on a talk show, for instance, yeah, you you have to like 17 and a half hours before you go on the talk show, you have to break into the studio <laughs> to do all of yeah, this. I mean, I think there would be footage of that happening. Oh, like, also, true. you are a real, <laughs> a real person in the first run of your ghost. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure this like foundation would probably say, oh, one of the things that seems to be always the case is that you choose the location of wherever this happens. Yeah, but that's part so, of the... No, 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 no. Nick, you're missing the entire point of this. What? You're allowed to say... There's a ghost that follows well, me around. Up I understand. Myself. I know, but see, that I feel like is a little disingenuous to the sure, whole premise because sure. at that point, it's just well, you're not a psychic. You're just this weird ghost guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. You're no, not I a psychic. I, you just have a ghost of yourself following you around. I, I feel Never like mind. I feel Bullshit. like. Mm, you just have one of those 17-hour tape delay ghosts. You would be notable, but you're not, not a, a psychic. Yeah, <laughs> Let's guess, be fair. Uh, right. I guess that's fair. I, I guess think, that's a fair enough. I think we should endorse things. Okay. 
Let's endorse. Uh, Jake, what is your endorsement? You know, I'm going to endorse some classic content that we ourselves have produced. All right. Um, my favorite video game of all time, probably, uh-huh. or one of them, Team Fortress 2, is a great multiplayer game, turned 10 like last week. Um, but the interesting thing uh, about Team Fortress 2 that we discussed on Idle Thumbs, our video game podcast, is the completely bizarre and outrageous economy that existed inside of that game of players of the game selling, buying, and trading items to each other. Mm. We had this string of, uh, uh, like, one of the most notable things in Team Fortress 2 is you can buy or find in the game, like, novelty hats to put on your character. And um, an Idle Thumbs reader who went by the name Captain Invictus sent us these three or four just gigantic missives chronicling the outrageous stories of people of like what he referred to as hat barons, which are people who made basically livelihoods in the virtual hat trade. And it, Predates important if true by years and years and years. But if you like this podcast and never heard those stories on Idle Thumbs, you would like them quite a lot. We actually put up a YouTube, um, like, just uh, episode, like a YouTube video that's just those emails back to back to back. And it's a really good listen if you like this sort of garbage but want to hear one about a video game. That's a good point. And, yeah, it doesn't really, my, to my memory, it doesn't really require that you know anything no. about video games or Team Fortress particularly. I mean, I... I didn't really know anything about that whole ecosystem. Uh, it's just a really crazy story about a virtual economy, basically. It's yeah. a weird poll. Yeah. I'll link that in, obviously, in the endorsement section. I remembered it because someone tweeted to us about it very recently. And, mm. I, and I went, oh, that's one of the best things that there is. Um, I am going to endorse a kitchen appliance. Hammaker Slimmer, Brookstone, or Sharper Image? <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny is this is probably something that like would have been sold in the Sharper Image several years ago before it just became a normal thing, uh, which is an instant pot, which is a it is a a pressure cooker, uh, which is it is basically a kitchen tool that is a big pot inside an enclosure that heats that like pressure seals the contents and then heats it and creates internal pressure to cook your food much faster than it would otherwise cook. Like the sort of classic uses of a pressure cooker are to make the kinds of things you'd make in a slow cooker, but in like 25% of the time or, or less. <laughs> it's it's a, it's an incredibly useful and very versatile tool that you can use to make lots of things. Um, I made just the other day a classic sort of pot roast style um, beef stew that typically you would have to leave braising for hours and hours and hours and hours. And that it, you end up, it ends up sitting in the instant pot for like less than an hour and has that great, like, meat is just falling apart, kind of wonderful, super tender, slow-cooked texture. It's an incredibly handy thing. You can just use it as a rice cooker as well. Uh, I, I love that thing. We use it all the time at this point. And the Instant Pot is a version of it that just you can set a timer. It has a lot of presets. Um, so it takes a lot of the uh, manual monitoring out of a traditional pressure cooker. And there are lots. If you just search the Internet for Instant Pot recipes, you can find lots of of them because it's just becoming a very uh, widely used tool. Anyway, I will link to the the one that I have, and I'll um, I'll link to a couple of recipes as well, just to sh- as some examples. Uh, so the Instant Pot automated pressure cooker. Cool. See if you can can find one in, uh, listed for way too much money in Hammaker Schlemmer, <laughs> and also link to that one. Yeah. 
Uh, Nick, what do you have? Uh, this will be short. Uh, this is a very sort of like non-specific recommendation, but I <laughs> this is so dumb. I haven't done a puzzle in a long time, and I was cleaning out a my puzzle? house and a found jigsaw a, puzzle. a jigsaw, oh, a puzzle. jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, and I, I hadn't like I, I was cleaning I mean, out my house and I'd be pretty broad. There well, could be sure. some kind of malicious genie that That's traps true. you in a maze of your own unintentional creation. Yeah. Instead, I just did a lame jigsaw puzzle. But yeah. like jigsaw puzzles are really. Like it's a very relaxing thing to do while you're like watching a TV show or something with somebody. You can just kind of like chill out. And I forgot huh. how much I enjoyed it, and I hadn't done wow. a jigsaw puzzle in years, yeah, I did. like yeah. years. I, and I found one, and I was like, oh, I, uh, why not? And it was really fun. I was on vacation in Montana like a few months ago, and the house that we were staying in had two gigantic jigsaw puzzles, wow. and it was real fun. Yeah, so I, I immediately I that endorsement. That's I so immediately funny. ordered some very specific jigsaw puzzles, and I'm very excited to do them. And it's like I feel like I'm oh, seven yeah? years old, but I'm really excited. Like, about what? It, yeah. what did you order? I ordered a jigsaw puzzle that is just like the map of Disneyland, which is oh, like very shit. exciting to me in a really puzzle. shitty, dorky way. No, yeah, it's good. really I awful. It's that. really terrible, but I'm fucking that's, doing it. I mean, it. it's totally terrible, but I totally yeah. approve. They're also yeah. like they also made this jigsaw puzzle. Like my girlfriend Janelle's an animator. They made a puzzle that is just like an animator's desk at Pixar with like concept sketches hung up all over the place and just like it's <laughs> wow. like very specific, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. really cool. And I'm like, so all your all your jigsaw puzzles are Disney derived. Well, I just was on that site. That sell, sure. sells those ones. Disney but, dot yeah. puzzles. Well, we can anyway. we can link to the ones that sure. you, Nick Brecken yeah. has acquired. Yep. Um, Try to beat Nick's solve time. Right. Yeah. I'll Twitch stream my puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You could do a time lapse. People, I bet. I guarantee. Fucking guarantee. Right now, for sure, there's a YouTube community of time lapse puzzle puzzle speed running. Solvers. I'm yeah. sure that exists. Yeah. yeah. With yep. like with the actual real time clock. Yep. Sped up so you can see, even though it's in time lapse, you can see how long they're actually taking. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our show. Thank you for listening to Important If True. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend or your uh, social media buddies or anyone else you think might also enjoy this. It means a lot to us when you spread the word, and it's really the only way we have to do that. Um, if you have a question, if you need our advice, if there's something that is vexing you in your life or a decision you have to make and you need our, our, our consultation, any of those things or any of, anything else you can think of, send that to questions at importantiftrue.com and we will do our best. We will be back next week with uh, another episode of this show. Until then, for Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. My mind, somewhere in the back of it, is just screaming at me.